0: Hello and welcome to Footy from Across the Pond Podcast 2. Thanks for coming back to us. Uh, I'm JD, I'm joined by Dave Matthews. Hey guys. And Nick Madden. (laughs) Splash. And uh, it's good to hear those boys are back on form. Um, Thanks for downloading this podcast. Uh, On today's show we're going to be going through the Premier League um, stuff from the weekend, looking at some internationals, Um, we've got some funny stories and we might even have uh, an email from a former... Premier League referee, no less. Oh, already yeah. in the second podcast. Um, <laughs> we're getting famous now. Already. <laughs> straight into the action. Um, Sunderland at the weekend got an impressive draw at United, uh, but they were only minutes away from, um, or seconds away from a win, Dave Matthews.
1: They were robbed. No, I feel, like, <laughs> I feel sorry for Steve Bruce and Sunderland this weekend. They were outstanding for the whole game. They should have won this game, but again, United seem to have this knack of getting a very late goal, Trafford. I mean, you've got to give credit to United. They do never stop until that final whistle. And that's, say, the,
0: that's because it doesn't, the whistle doesn't stop until United score. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I, I felt sorry for Steve Bruce and something, because they did deserve it. But again, you know, United always capable of pulling one out of the bag. And, you know, unfortunately, Anton Ferdinand's foot went so good, right, to the foot went Good goal by Berbatov. Amazing goal. Um, but a on. good
0: approach to the game from Sunderland an attacking approach Which was I've always
1: preferred the one thing I liked about this game was they started with Kevin Jones and Darren Bennett up front who I raved about last week and again they produced another good performance and when they decided to take Kenwin Jones off they bought on Faye the Campbell so Steve Bruce always stuck with his two men up top which basically kept the pressure on United all through the game so yeah, big kudos. To is this an start.
0: approach that hopefully we'll see other teams adopting when they're taking on United, Nick? An attacking yeah, approach? Is that the yeah. only way to really well, beat United, United? If you have a shaky defence
2: like um, Sunderland do, then the only way is to attack, really. Because um, Mick McCarthy um, came out and said, oh, if I take my Wolves side to Manchester United and we park the bus, then we're still going to lose. So we might as well attack, have a chance. like... <laughs> Try and create ourselves a few chances, and then let's see what happens. And that's what Sunderland did. They attacked well. Kenwyn Jones's goal was very great, like a very good header, very brave. And then Darren Bent's finish was unbelievable. Ben Foster maybe should have got the ball for the Kenwyn Jones
0: um, goal, but you know, interesting. I'll um, probably knock his England chances uh, out the window. Well, we can talk about those later on. Um, <laughs> are we seeing creaks in the United in, in the United armor with this result?
1: Yeah, but I f- a lot of United fans were calling, uh, phoning after the game about Giggs not playing. I mean, the problem, again, this midfield is a big problem from They just haven't got the strength, the depth in midfield to be able to rest players. Giggs has been outstanding from this year, and they haven't exactly got a player who's willing to come in and do the exact same job. Uh, I, they're not the team they were last year. They're not the team they have been for the last two years. Not just because Ronaldo's gone, but obviously they've lost Teres. They're just not the team they were. and... I feel that that's going to be a problem for them. As I said last week, I think they're just not the team they were last year.
2: Well, they gave away the ball a lot as well, which is very sloppy. But um, fair play to Sunderland. Um, they're two creative players that's really good and could have probably played in the Manchester United team with um, Andy Reid and Stephen Marbronk. Well, now slim Andy Reid. <laughs> slim? <laughs> and they're, they're slim gym, no? Yeah, slim Jim now. He's lost about 10 stone. Wow. Yeah. yeah, and they looked fantastic and very creative. Obviously, um, it was Andy Reid's dink into Cameron Jones that got the goal.
0: So. Well, it's good stuff from Sunderland. Um, another uh, another team that maybe are more than they were last season. Going from your point, Dave, is Arsenal.
1: Yeah, I want to attract my statement about last week. <laughs> I said they weren't going to. They weren't didn't have a chance to win the title. I watched this game, and that, that was probably one of the best performances I've seen this year. Uh, they had six different goal scores. Their centre their centre back Vermaelen scored an outstanding goal. But the thing is, he peach. meant it. He actually meant of that ball where it ended up going.
0: Mayland scored five goals in 11 games now for Arsenal which mm. is to be fair the sort of record you'd uh, be happy with from a new striker and a new centre back.
1: Yeah definitely That <laughs> is like a new signing for them. Arsherman and him in that, out of the wide positions they, just, they of course have it because you don't know where they're going to be they're popping up everywhere. Fabregas and Alex Song who has been a revelation this year are really starting to mm. get a good partnership going and then obviously they've got Robin up front. Not Bat- Batman's partner, but Robin Van Persie, and he was. I think absolutely it's fair to say
0: that Arsenal are on song at the moment, aren't they? They are, but, on song. <laughs> but um, Seamless Link, um, are they going to be serious title contenders? Because no. Arsenal's form seems to be in the last couple of years. We've seen them play amazing some games, and then struggle in going you, for this. You
1: want to believe they're going to... I was being asked about this yesterday and I said, it's only a matter of time until this Arsenal team clicks and gives one of the teams in the top four an absolute pasting because the way they play, they can demolish Please anyone. Please let it
0: be Chelsea. <laughs> I would love <laughs> it to be Chelsea
1: but like the standard, the quality of their goals at the weekend, like Vermaelen's was out of the top drawer, uh, Walcott came on and lovely finish. Bentner's goal, like, where did that come from? You know, I don't mean he scored a goal in the league this year and he comes out with that. But, uh, Arshman and Van Persie's finishes were sensational and then who got the other goal Fabregas that brilliant Fabregas scored probably the best goal of the game so you know every goal was of the highest quality and I think if they can just keep that the defence is a bit of an iffy one I think a lot of their fans don't really have much faith in whoever's in goal and then that back four stopping goals going in but I think Vengus seems to have this policy now saying well let's let three and let's just go and score five because they're capable of scoring multiple goals in any game they play so I like that way of going
2: you talk about the back four though but Obviously, the goalkeeper area is a real problem for Arsenal and it always has been. Even when Lehmann was there, they were still Sid questioning. Seaman, him. really? Yeah, yeah, they were always Seaman. questioning Lehmann. And then um, you've got Sagna right back. Sagna's
1: not playing well at the moment. He's Buey's not playing right, Buey's... but he's
2: still fantastic yeah, player. Yeah, he's always playing ahead of him. Klichy yeah, is why Cliche cliches. One right, of the best, best. Of yeah, definitely well, best left back in the world. And
0: then you have Vermalin and Gallas. Yeah, Gallas is a Gallas, I best. think, is uh, a lot of people are asking questions about him. Not 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 just his ability, but mentally, mentally as well. I think his as ability, as a, as a you
2: know, as a former captain as well, his ability is one of the. Be- he could be one of the best defenders. in You reckon? The yeah, Interesting. easily his ability, I'm not, but so no, sure. not his mentality. No. I think what he did on, like, on the field, especially when he's captain, just. Asked not I think Arsenal
1: in Vermaelen. I think they they found the new Tony Adams. He is a leader at the back and I think I mean, Wenger wants a, probably a new partner of him eventually because Galas isn't going to be around forever and I think that will be the future of Arsenal to build upon. Poor
0: guy letting I him mean. the new Tony Adams. Already <laughs> 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 11 games by God. <laughs> <laughs> That's all you need to do is score. Uh, <laughs> you don't even need to defend. Oh,
2: big <laughs> guy, big Thomas. got a good future for Island, then, well, well, If David Dunn got his penalty then um, it would have been a different story maybe. Uh, I'm sure they would have scored.
0: Think, you think it was a penalty?
2: Yeah, I think it was a penalty. Even though he got the ball well he got the ball but he got the player first uh,
1: yeah this is the thing but he if he gets the, the player first and then the ball it's a penalty if he gets the ball and then the player
2: it's not a penalty I think, I think it was a stonewall penalty that's a, that's a
0: hard
1: call for a referee to make though isn't it to work
0: out
2: I think well you've seen the momentum you seen the momentum of David Dunney he was dribbling inside the box he, could have let, he was just about to let away a shot mm. just one little touch and then bang it would have been a goal so he's mm. already just scored as well, but I it think, could have changed the game. But still, the, the no, finishes if, if were if fantastic. If someone
0: gets the ball, if a, if a if a defender or someone gets the ball, then it's it's hard. That is obviously. I mean, if we're going to be assuming that, that all defenders who are going to get the ball are fair minded, that that they are going for the ball, then I think it's hard to to punish someone that does does get a foot on it. Oh,
2: I still think it was a penalty, though. So. <laughs> 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 I'm not going to listen. I still think it was fine, a okay. but no, I think that's the goals were. Um, the goals were fantastic. Paul Robinson actually had a really, really good game in the six <laughs> you know what? goals. He has
1: conceded a ridiculous amount of goals at the Emirates. I think he's now near 40 goals and he's let in there.
0: And he's in the England squad, is he right? Is he? Yeah, he is back in. Hmm, which okay. is good. It's good, to, <laughs> it's good to see
2: for him because, I um, mean, he's been out playing really, really well. <laughs> for 40 Blackburn. goals.
1: Yeah, he can play for England. I don't I know. trust Paul Robinson. After that blunder against Croatia, I'm never going to forgive him. What was he doing? Wow. I, actually don't, I don't, I, he's made other cock like, ups. Like, he made a lot of Tottenham as well. Like, he's just he's a flat I wouldn't want to he's a, he's a well, he's, I think he's trying to rebuild <laughs> <flapper>. his confidence <laughs> he's a flapper well he
0: danced a lot in the 20s did he ok um,
2: <laughs> can right. I just say going back to the Man United game I know we, we just talked about it, but um, Kieran Richardson you're a plonker
0: yeah ok so, I just want no, to put that out you there you said that last week as well in, in relation to his new haircuts so, <laughs> I just don't a weekly theme yeah you know, I think he's a
1: crap player I never rate him so as much as you want <laughs> so, maybe he's not listening ok they um, get
0: round some other results down the bottom of the table. Pompey got a win, and, up, as Pompey. predicted by yes. uh, Mr
2: Madden. Play up Pompey. They've done fantastic this weekend. Um, they got the rub of the green as well. Um, managed to not to concede a penalty from a Superman dive by Mark Wilson, and it was definite handball. I don't know how it wasn't given, but um, they got the rub of the green. They scored. You need um, that sometimes, quite, though, don't you? Well, that's what I said. If they get a little bit of luck, if it goes off someone's shin,
0: yeah.
2: they'll get, they'll win and. I was confident that they were going to win it. What a great side to start at, at Wolves because they're rubbish. <laughs> they're <laughs> so not that bad. That's a bit harsh. They Robinson are, but
1: they
0: certainly are relegation. Um, I think they'll
2: be down. Well I like think the rivals. Pompey will overtake them. I think Wolves will go down. do so you think Pompey will stay up? Yeah, I'm confident the Pompey will stay up, um, especially with um, a <laughs> cross between Beetlejuice and Penguin and then <laughs> <and> Paul Hart.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and and their whole, their, their ownership problems now are they over what's the latest for that
2: and well they didn't get paid which was um which is quite funny so that's probably why they played a bit better because they wanted to get their appearance bonus when they find <laughs> when the check finally comes through in the post
1: they
0: may bounce yeah
2: maybe bounce, yeah. bounce back ability
0: <laughs> and they've got of course abram grant is, is is back there now mm. in a, a director of football coaching role yeah. some sort of role i don't know if
1: i'm if i'm Paul Hart. i'm probably not over keen on that because it seems like someone's going to be Overlooking me all the time and maybe making decisions that should be down to the manager. The well, coaching ball is just well, a coaching Maybe they got him in
0: with the view to possibly making him the manager. Yeah, well, should things not work out? Paul Hart
2: said that he didn't actually really want the job when it first came along because he was working in for the youth team for the new academy that they set up. And him, like Brian Kidd, obviously came in and he left. Tried to get Gary McAllister for some reason that didn't happen. I think it's because the owners didn't actually have any money. They were promised fifty million. Um, this fit and proper testing obviously for the Premier League doesn't see the chairman bank account because yeah, they had no money at all. So mm-hmm. they've sold it again six weeks later to another guy but he's kept 10% stake in the club. So
0: Crazy. I Hopefully he'll come back, quit, with come
2: back with some money once he wins the lottery. <laughs> Okay.
0: Well, still, at least on the pitch, things look to be a bit better for Pompey. Yeah, definitely. And their uh, relegation rivals Hull got a win as well, home to Wigan. That was a miracle. G- um, Giovanni. He, did he score again? Yeah. 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 Giovanni, he just doesn't stop,
1: does he? Phil Brown must be happy. He's probably singing.
2: He's probably, he's probably, probably in he a tanning booth for right way, now. He,
1: yeah.
0: He said, he said something about that he, he stops a woman from jumping off the, uh, the Humber
1: Bridge. That was just Jimmy Bullard. He <laughs> <have been. laughs> was like, "What have I done joining this club?" I was full. It. it was all going well. I saw the money, and it's all gone wrong. I've already played. I, the team's going down. Poor Jimmy.
2: I even had an England call up.
0: <laughs> it's all gone wrong. I've been injured ever since. <laughs> <laughs> it's, all, it's all happening up there. Um, I,
1: I, I, it's again. definitely
2: not Superman. He's not going to save Hull from the relegation. So. Yeah. If
1: oh, I was sounds in like Hull, Phil Hull, Brown, If I lived in Hull I wouldn't consider jumping off that bridge. I'm from Hull. <laughs> wow. Hull.
0: <laughs> Alienate half our listeners. Um, <laughs> Hot Wings will me be happy. Game of the weekend that was built as the game of the weekend but didn't really turn out to be was at Stamford Bridge.
1: It was at a toss. Chelsea beating Liverpool. Yeah, so boring. I said last week I think Liverpool are going to struggle just because they're not going to get results against the bigger teams. And this weekend, that, again, proved to be the point. I think um, one of the owners of Liverpool this week came out and said that Benitez is to blame for this poor start. And you know, at the end of the day, Benitez lost Alonso. Aquilani hasn't actually played yet. But the whole—it's just the team is not the same as it was last year. You'd think it would be better with Glenn Johnson coming at right back, but I mean, it's the players like Carragher, Skirtle, they are not playing as well, mm. and they're giving up stupid goals, which Liverpool, te- you know, traditionally aren't used to doing. And I feel sorry for Torres because he's with he gets not much support out there in a game like Chelsea. Like He's left up there on his own and like, against Terry and Carvalho you're not going to get much luck. You need some more support. And I'm going to start a thing saying will Fernando Torres be at Liverpool next year because if Liverpool struggle to make the top four and I think right now they are the team that look like most likely to struggle. I wouldn't be surprised if Torres end up leaving next summer.
2: Okay, well if he was, if you say he might leave what about Steven Gerrard? Because if they're not going to challenge for the title, then what's the point of one you know, of England's I mean, best Ger- players being? Gerard's
1: there. chance to leave Liverpool has come and gone. I mm. think he had a chance three years ago to join Chelsea. He didn't sign so not to, and Gerard's now hitting near thirty. So I don't think a team's going to be willing to take on a player like that when they could probably get a midfielder of the likes of Charvin and the If It's all like Real Madrid going in for you know them, but I just can't see where Gerard. Gerard won't get a big move to another big club. Whereas I think uh, Fernando Torres could play for any club in the world. And I think,
0: um, so, you think Liverpool are out of the title race? Is they've lost
1: three games already. They lost three in the whole of last year, and they're going to lose at least one more I mean, game this year. They're six points year. behind Chelsea, <laughs> but Chelsea were capable of winning 10 games in a row. But is it, I
0: mean, is, is it, I mean, do you not think that the team can lose three games and still challenge for the Premier League title? Right now, one? is it's it open diff- enough?
1: This year, there is some hope that it's going to be a bit more open just because Chelsea and United have already lost a game, but I think Liverpool are going to lose more games because I just don't think they're strong enough. Okay. Did you see the so, Premier
2: League title, title race last year? And then it was so many draws. You look at the table; so every team drew, drew last year. Whereas this year, nobody's really drawing many games. It's all wins, like you know, everybody's either winning or losing. So Liverpool, I think, had a considerable amount of draws. I think it was like eleven draws last year. So if they can turn some of them into wins, then you know maybe they can counteract the losses. Okay. I, I think that they're they're in trouble of dropping out the top four. Uh, and quickly for I mean,
1: Chelsea you've got it you, they're, they're, oh, they're, they're like a, I know they lost <laughs> to Wigan but their season has been apart from that has been near perfect they, they're like a steam train you know then again I think the one thing that's going to hinder them is the African Nations Cup because they're going to lose four players at least I know Drogba, Kalu Essien and Mikel are going to have to go over for that for a month so, and with their transfer embargo they won't be able to buy anyone so that may hinder them a bit but you've still got to fancy them being up there they've just got such a good squad and uh, Drogba and Elka yeah. They're just, you're going to get goals from both of them every
2: week so. great partnership and I can't believe Anelka scored against one of his former clubs I've completely forgot that he played for Liverpool he has about 400 former clubs so <laughs> it's found to
0: happen at some point. <laughs> and um, um, Hilario
2: yeah. played alright in goal didn't he yeah he did he <laughs> <played from himself. laughs> there you
0: go um, briefly other scores um, Villa and Man City drew one all with, with David Dunn in, in impressive form you mean Richard Dunn? Uh, I do mean Richard Dunn. <laughs> <laughs> Although David Dunn was impressive him, it just it wasn't for Villa. Was yeah, for it was for Blackburn. Um, but um,
2: yeah, Richard Dunn scored and then didn't celebrate, and then he got round of applause from the Man City fans, which is good to see. Gareth Barry friends did everywhere.
1: not get the same, sort of, the same sort of reception when he went to take a corner. Yeah, people, well, people were flashing fifty uh, pound notes in. Well, fake fifty pound <laughs> notes with
2: Gareth Barry's head. In the <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, there was one, one guy at least giving him the finger, and I think it was an old lady as well shouting like abusive language, at him, which is brilliant.
0: Um, Bolton <laughs> not, and Spurs, not that, that we scored. can damn it. You were you were pleased with Bolton this weekend?
2: Yeah, Bolton played fantastic this weekend. Two um, two draw with Spurs. Spurs are a fantastic, playing really fantastic this year. Really impressed with them. Crouch missed a couple of um, good chances. Who started for this weekend? Who did it was with? Crouch and Defoe. Oh,
1: yeah. so Robbie gets dropped after scoring four goals. We it's knew it. Ridiculous. It always
0: happened, didn't it? it was uh, Crouch last week? That doesn't I mean.
1: motivate you much. If I score an action, I'm going to get dropped. What's the point of scoring? I, you know, if I don't score, I stay in. It. If I score, I get dropped.
2: <laughs> or maybe he thinks so. Um, if I'm, if he's scoring, then he's full of confidence. So we need to get the other two scoring. <laughs> but um, UC Eskilainen played really well, and I was really impressed with Tamia Cohen for um, Bolton. I thought um, that they just had a bit of um, a creative spark to him and they were passing the ball along the floor instead up in the air. And Kevin Davis, there you go. Um, scored a good good header at the back post. And I would love to, love to one day see um, Kevin Davis in the England squad. It's never going to happen, but interesting. Well, well good it
0: Bolton changing their approach. Um, Everton against Stoke was a draw as well. Good result for Stoke? Um,
2: yeah, that was a good result I think, against Everton and Lewis scored so.
1: Stoke have really adjusted to the premiership well, haven't they? Like, yeah. I know people argue saying that they're just a big team and just lump it forward but they've just, they've just got a solid team and I think they'll stay up again this year. Like, they, they're mm. going to pick up enough points in games at home against the weaker teams and they're always capable of getting points on the road just because of the way they approach games and I think Tony Pulis is probably one of the managers of the last three years. He's done an amazing job there. Wow. I think
2: it's crazy how they play four centre backs as their four defenders. Mm. It's really, it cool, but it really works. And Robin Robert Hoof scored the goal, and that's a good signing for them.
0: Sign. West Ham and Fulham finally uh, cancelling each other
2: out. I can't believe um, the player um, Dick Ahoy got sent off on his debut. It took like about um sixteen months for him to get a work permit. Dan Woodgate. Him. <laughs> yeah, he sort of looked very gay. I think he slapped um Scott Parker, oh, um, wow. give him a slap round the face. Yeah, there does
1: seem to be some frustration growing up. Some part right like now. I think they know they've got a team capable of doing much better than they are, but they just don't seem to be able to get out this rut they're in. Like Carlton Cole's leading the attack really well, but I mean at the back they're definitely not. I think Upson's been a bit shaky this year. Uh, the lad alongside him is it Tomkins? Is he? Yeah, a he's a young, man? He's a young, young player, player playing on the side. There's a lot of pressure him to come into the Premiership at such a young age and high expectations, obviously, and. Yeah, Zola's got a bit of a. I think West Ham could be one of the teams that could be down there, really, come the end of the season, that could be struggling. And I don't want them to, because we've got a lot of time for Zola, and West Ham are a good club, and it'd be a shame if they did go down. But I think they could be in a bit of trouble this year.
2: Yeah, they haven't got many points, so right down at the foot at the moment. And with um, people like Pompey and Hull winning. You can have points, yeah. Yeah. But I would love to see um, West Ham get out of the rot, obviously, once they get players back from injury, and hopefully, Robert Greener show some more form, because he seems to be making a couple of mistakes recently. I don't mind about Matthew Upson
0: making is mistakes. So I don't think he's good enough to be an England squad anyway. Like, I,
1: I, know David, I don't know if David James is. He's been scoring a lot of goals. But Carlo Cudicini. <laughs> also, he big, can play for England. I'm also. What about Almunia? <laughs> uh, if we're talking about goalies, he could possibly play for England. I believe there's also an Argentinian goalie down in South London who's very close to being able be a legend for England. <laughs> Julian Spony.
0: That our first Palace reference of the uh, yep, podcast. Only. <laughs> first and only. No, um, <laughs> um, okay. This weekend and middle of next week we've got internationals so the Premier League's on a break for a bit. <coughs> um, let's talk about England briefly. Already qualified. Yep. Um, so what can we expect from the next two games?
1: Well Capello said he's going to play the strongest team available. Obviously uh, I know there's a few players out of the squad but I would experiment a bit. Like I would have liked to see Darren Bent on the squad just because he's on form and although I don't think Darren Bent's international calibre there ain't many strikers in England who English you are right now. So we've got to like, go with what the what best we've got, and Heskey isn't even starting for Villa. He's behind. Well, you're a big fan of Heskey, of aren't you? I like what he does, but the problem is he ain't playing first team football. He's not regularly playing it. I know Owen's not in because he's not playing regularly and he's not in good form. Heskey's in—is he in good form or not? He's played well in his games for England. I think we've got. Uh, this is something I'm worried about come the summer. I think we've got Wayne Rooney. Who else have we got? Who, who's up? Who's a forward who can score goals? I just don't see anyone there. Who well, what about Spurs'
0: reserve striker Peter Crouch?
2: Well, they, he doesn't really fancy Peter Crouch.
1: He doesn't like Crouch.
2: Yeah. Which is funny because he said he doesn't want to really lump it up to someone who can hold up the ball, Yeah, he wants Heskey. I mean... Colton Cole, Cole, Cole looks Cole looks, Cole looks Cole like he's, got, like he's squad squad got a shout. Well. Yeah, he's in the squad and he looks like he's going to have a shout maybe for a start. And good luck to him because he's been playing really well for West Ham. He holds up the ball for them. He plays up front on his own. And I think that's what he wants. He wants someone who can play up front on his own so Rooney can go in, in behind mm. and he can drop off and he can get the ball as well. So I just
1: just it depends I don't how know I, I still have a funny feeling that come the friendlies we have leading up to the World Cup I wouldn't be surprised if he tries moving up front with Walcott because Walcott hopefully you know Walcott's come back this week and he, he seems to be fit again I think Walcott's going to have a huge impact in the summer and, and Capello's uh, a fan
0: of Walcott isn't he yeah, he's, yeah, he's really
1: big big back, he scored them goals against Croatia in the away game and I'm sure Capello will never forget that and Walcott will go provided he stays fit and I have a feeling Walcott's going to play a big role just because what Walcott offers hes so quick and. He can terrorise defenders, although wherever he's not, he's stronger coming off the bench, (coughs) remains to be seen.
2: When I was working for Southampton um, in the past, I um, watched him walk up come through the youth team and then come into the first team, he's fantastic, really is. And you could just see what prospect he was, he terrorised Championship defenders when he was playing on the wing and then a a striker as well. (coughs) So I think he's a good player.
0: A potential match winner for the the, um, World Cup next year, the World Cup, do you think? Yeah. Ab-
1: absolutely I, I would have him there obviously I know he went f- he, it's weird he's going to go this year, this year in 2010 four years ago It's completely different he went as a complete unknown and wasn't even given a chance which was pretty was ridiculous considering you take your four strike you don't even plan when we're losing uh, when we had no one else fit or available so I think that, the f- that I think any English forward right now who's playing in the Premiership knows if they hit any sort of form they're going to have a chance of going to the World Cup and I mean that's a great sort of um, you know Way to inspire yourself, but okay. Um, a
0: team it? that might not be making the World Cup um, is Argentina. Yeah, obviously all sorts of crazy happenings are going oh, on. Oh my! <laughs> Lord. Uh,
1: well, bear in mind they've got Diego Maradona currently in charge of them. Now their qualifying campaign has been probably worse than England's under McLaren uh, back in two, two years ago. Uh, they're currently fifth, which isn't good enough to qualify automatically, but it is good enough for a playoff place. But their next two games are home to Peru, which they should win, but then they've got a away game in Uruguay. Now, Uruguay are one point behind them in six spots. So, that game could end up being a playoff game to make the playoffs. So, there's a big chance that come this time next week, we could be looking at a situation where Lionel Messi, Sergio Guerrero, Carlos Tevez, uh, Gonzalo Higuain, who's only just got called up to the squad, which is one of the reasons why Maradona's been getting a load of grief, because he, he was outstanding in Madrid for the last year or two and he hasn't got a look in. None of them may be going to the World Cup, and that's devastating because as much as we probably, for England's chances, don't want Arntina going, you want to see the best players.
0: Also, I mean, the World Cup needs its characters, doesn't it? You do. And it's fair to say Diego Maradona is one of those characters. It'd be it's great to have him in the World Cup, even though he's absolutely mental. He's definitely well, a character.
1: They've, they haven't, they've won one game in the last five. The fifth game that started this rot was that embarrassing defeat at Bolivia. They lost mm. 6-1. I know they blamed it on altitude, but still, you know, they, should, they shouldn't be going there and losing 6-1, and they've lost three in a row. They've got. To, if they don't beat Peru at home at the weekend, it's basically game over because Uruguay have, I think, a pretty easy home game over the weekend.
2: You yeah, never know, never, never I Solano might come with a free kick. Don't <laughs> even <laughs> know who's still playing for Peru. But <laughs>
1: like, I think this, this really, we may see Argentina not making the World Cup. There's a big, big possibility just because they got to play Uruguay away, and Uruguay is not an easy place to go. And even if they do make the playoffs, although they're going to have to play, they probably won't play anyone that big in the court, in the playoff game.
2: They play someone from um, the. Um, the it's, American.
1: It's up this mm. so They make, like it have it's like someone it like could Costa Rica. Or Costa Rica, so it'd be tricky, but I think. Or Ecuador. Like no, e- Ecuador, Ecuador are going to go through. They're they yeah. They're in fourth place right now. Ecuador need to win. Uh, well, if they win both games, they go through as the fourth place team. Because Chile are basically there as well. Basically, Brazil have qualified along with Paraguay, and uh, Chile need one more win from their only two games to secure their place. Then it's basically in Ecuador, Argentina, and Uruguay. Uh, one will go for automatically, then one will go for the playoffs.
0: Maradona said uh, today or yesterday that um, he might quit anyway because he's getting so many pressure from someone. Well, I don't
1: there. think he picked... I know he picked this squad, but I mean, the squad before them for the friendly, he didn't even pick. They didn't allow him to because his squad selection was ridiculous. Like I said, he, Gonzalo Higuain, who, if you speak to people in, over in Spain, is the most highly rated striker in the league.
0: Didn't he play Martin Palermo instead? Yeah. <laughs> it
2: was no, the, guy 40. Who, the guy yeah. who yeah. missed three penalties. Yeah. Exactly. Like, Higuain yeah. hasn't...
1: <laughs> He just doesn't seem to be making any logical decisions, and I think the thing is that Argentina have got, they've obviously given Maradona the job based on the fact that he was one of the best players in the world's ever seen, and by far the most successful Argentinian player they've ever produced, and it's probably backfired on them. So, but, but oh, I, don't be, I don't think so Brazil say. will be giving the job to Pelé any time soon, going on the way this as <laughs>
0: <laughs> Um, Okay, well fair enough, um, another team that might not be qualifying... Uh, is Portugal so there might yes. be no uh, C-Ron at the uh, World well, Cup well is
1: the thing we could go to the World Cup having Cristiano Ronaldo and Lionel Messi not there that, that two just, world's best players that will yeah. be a shame well personally obviously not for England because we seem to always lose to Portugal anyway uh, <laughs> Ronaldo and Argentina Ronaldo may not play on Saturday he, was, he missed out Madrid's game that the weekend which we'll talk a bit about uh, in a bit but yeah he's doubtful So and I think they got Hungary and Hungary have been one of the surprise yeah. packages of the um, qualifying campaign I don't know if or go, I don't know if he's still the number one but maybe Hungary no, we could have them going in. The sweatpants goal, isn't it? Yeah. The Hungarian pajama, bottom wearing gypsy. <laughs> <laughs> Sweats. Um, okay,
0: well, I mean, while on the subject of, of Europe, um, Dave, you got some updates from, Yeah, I need to see a little update. What's conflict.
1: going on around Europe? Because there's a lot going on apart from just the Premiership, and we're going to start in La Liga. The, where what? I
2: thought Premier League was like the best best league in the world. There is no other league but us.
1: What? It's a league before, that really. have you seen the championship lately it's, you know Seville humdingers down there anyway <laughs> La Liga uh, Real Madrid lost their first game of the season uh, their 100% winning start has got, come to an end they lost to Seville now Seville obviously they beat Rangers last week are probably the one team in La Liga who are capable of really challenging that top two uh, they were in third um, yeah, uh, I think they're still in third or they may have actually gone to second did uh, Freddie
2: Canute score?
1: No I think uh, Renato scored and then Jesus Navas I think got the other goal oh, but Seville were outstanding uh, if it weren't for Ika Casillas who pulled off two superhuman reflex saves you, I've never seen anything like it in my life they, it could have been an absolute trouncing um, Barca won they've maintained their 100% start they won at home to Almeria uh, Serie A mm, into a top I don't think as much surprise there but Milan are really strong they're down to the 12th and they've only won two games so far this year and Leonardo, the former Brazilian international and AC Milan player, is really struggling to keep his job. They also lost to FC Zurich in the Champions League last week, so a lot of goings on at uh, Milan, and we obviously saw them in the summer, and they weren't all that good, because Galaxy gave them a good game, and that's saying something. So,
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well Ronaldinho didn't look, look um, a shadow of the player, no. was it? Psst. Barcelona had no end product at all, It mm-hmm. just tried one skill, didn't get past the player, and then... Just lost the ball. Sally Milan time.
1: are picking their team on what the players have done in the 80s and 90s and aren't really considering what they've done now because their yeah. team's just growing old. Yeah. Uh, over in Germany, the Bundesliga. <laughs> uh, Bayer Leverkusen are top of the league, which I was quite surprised to look at. And Hamburg. Uh, Bayern Munich are currently down the eighth spot. But I'm sure with Robin and Ribéry out wide, they're probably going to march up the table. I think Robin's
2: uh, injured at the moment.
1: Yeah, I think he might be, which is a shock cause he seems to always be injured. <laughs> uh, in France, I know that Lyon and uh, Bordeaux are again the two to watch out for there and uh, that's not a surprise uh, no really care about elsewhere in Bulgaria we're interested in Bulgarian football apparently, really? anyway, well, apparently. <laughs> are we, we ever we might be well, we know. Know. I've got a funny story from Bulgaria this, <laughs> this is actually not from the Bulgarian Premier League this is from the Bulgarian third division wow okay so this is intense research I didn't research. even
0: know you were a fan of the Bulgarian football. I am
1: I love my Bulgarian football uh, were you trying to look online. for the
2: next um Berbatov and Stylian Petrov and exactly. Martin Petrov.
1: Yeah, I know. Palace of Arsenal did some research. And Stoichkov. And Stoichkov. Uh, anyway, <laughs> this is quite a funny story. Stoichkov. I'm <laughs> Bul- just trying to
2: ramble on about B- Bulgarian anyway. players.
1: A Bulgarian third division match this weekend was abandoned after only four minutes when injuries left an already depleted team with only six players on the pitch. Uh, home side Gigant Belen began their highly anticipated clash with Xavdar Bailas Latina, <laughs> On Sunday, with only eight players, saying they were unable to field a full lineup due to numerous injuries and suspensions. Gigante scored in the stand, uh, second in the standings before the match were quickly reduced to six after two players sustained injuries, <laughs> leaving referee Stoyan Denev no choice but to abandon the game. Teams obviously have to field seven players according to the rules of the game, which uh, Neil Warnock knows. The Battle of Bramall Lane. And uh, the Battle of Bramall and apparently, and the visiting team Shavdar were awarded a 3 0 victory. And this was the shortest game played in, bulk, in the Balkan countries' soccer football history. So, an interesting story from Bulgaria there. There you go. They must oh, have I'm had like, not many players in there. How many injuries they got to only field eight players? Their roster must be tiny. They must have like roster. I'm talking American. Their squad must be tiny.
0: Speaking so. of uh, Neil Warnock, Palace got a 4-1 win in the week. The yes.
1: We're we scored two goals in the first half. First time in 19 You know what, matches. okay, I- I'm going to be honest. The last few weeks, I've been getting up for games, but I don't sit my arms at 8 o'clock because we don't seem to do much in the first half. I actually sit my line for 7, but I decided to sleep in for half an hour. We won the lap we just scored second. I thought I was dreaming. But <laughs> uh, no, great, I'm really happy we got that win. Uh, we're actually in good form, and we're going into the international break-in. A- we're actually two points off the playoffs. <laughs>
2: crazy stuff do you really think they're going to go up
1: no chance nah, absolutely no not. chance any Palace fans think they are absolutely deluded
2: I can't <laughs> believe that they beat um, Blackpool as well they're going on a really good run singing the praises of Blackpool yeah well we, oh, did, we did
1: score a pretty disputed goal when we were 2-1 we well it, it was pretty offside but we are due some luck, uh, goals because I think Freddie Sears might have had a if he decision to go against him a few months, weeks ago um,
0: well hopefully Sears will be scoring some goals soon um, but in the Championship Roy Keane is struggling yes. at Ipswich. isn't he I can't I, yeah. I
2: hope, really hope for Roy Keane's sake that they give him enough time because he really he. I think he can turn it around obviously he's been um, I'm sure he's been kicking tricks his dog because <laughs> <laughs> he's pissed off <laughs> about how i poor dog Yeah, blessed but um, he signed a lot of his own players and I think he brought in like 10 new players so just give him time to jail obviously they're not doing their best are they? So the thing is when your manager comes
1: that. out and admits that he's probably been found out and he doesn't know if he's off what, what did he say? He doesn't know if he was a uh, he's fulfilling his own potential at the club Like you don't want to hear he, he doesn't know if he's bringing anything to the anything club, to the club like, and he's been
0: found out he's been found the only thing out. he's bringing to the club is probably his dog every day for training
1: well he's bought, five, <laughs> he's bought five points in 11 games they don't want a league game this year Palace even beat him like, sh- Ipswich should not be down there I've looked at their squad over the weekend their squad has got some good enough players to at least be in the middle of the table they shouldn't be down at the bottom and uh, I would like to think he'll be given more time but I think with the way Football is right now, I think a few more defeats and I think he could be gone because Ipswich surely can't afford to go down to League One. Their financial position is probably not that good as it is. The relegation wouldn't help them out.
0: There you go, poor old Roy Keane. Um, a quick look at the MLS, seeing as we are currently in Southern California. Can we just
2: say one of the MLS's former um, great players, Eddie Johnson, um, actually got off the bench for Fulham and missed an open goal. Oh so no, no, oh. shows how great the league is at producing raw talent.
0: They'll so be back on the bench for a while. You, well, you know what? I was
1: really excited with Fulham signing Eddie Johnson because I'll tell you what—I found a trick on the football manager. The football manager. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you buy Eddie Johnson, and he's got a great heading and jumping uh, statistics. So you just put him off uh, near post flick-ons, and he scores an absolute shitload. And he's done great for me. But yeah, he's come to the Premiership, and he's actually dog. So I FM doing really research, doing the. Where was he at Kansas? Didn't have great. What Kansas was the, City great Wizards. And, The Wizards. The well, Wizards didn't have great research and skills because Eddie Johnson certainly isn't the player that FM promised that he was going to be. I oh,
2: know, but he like, did. Yeah, I'd like about three opportunities to shoot and he missed the third one.
1: What about, uh, speaking
0: of uh, young Americans in the Premier League, what, what about uh, Josie Altidore? Like, oh. Yeah. Uh, he hasn't played mean,
2: much. He hasn't even played since I'm Vanagora Heffs, I think has got the, the most expensive oh. name in Premier and League yeah, history. Uh,
0: Josie is supposed to be one of the you know, exciting
1: talents. He's a really good player. I remember seeing him play for the New York Red Bulls in his first season here in the MLS and he's a really talented player. Uh, obviously, he went to Villarreal and I think he got loaned out to a lower league Spanish team. I don't know how well he'd done. But he's a good player. He's, he's got everything. He's big, strong, powerful. I mean, the only thing he lacks is probably that, just clinical, uh, clinic, being clinical in front of goal. But he's still young. That's going to hopefully come. But, but he's a
0: striker, so you'd like to think he is quite clinical in front be of right goal. He quite
1: now, but he does seem to miss more opportunities than he should. But he, he's a very talented player. He's by far the most talented um, American striker, in my opinion. I believe he has actually got, he's, more, he's got more of a threat than Donovan has, in my opinion. Okay. What about
2: Brian McBride? But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's and always runging.
0: got,
1: he's always got a front. first of wine. okay. We now actually R- say Galaxy. Ha- sorry, we actually Cal- Galaxy have actually made the playoffs this weekend. So Galaxy, go Galaxy, Galaxy are in the MLS playoffs. We're not sure who they're going to play. Because they qualify quite early. But yeah, we could have uh, some. Sp- we, we could have some big success in LA in the next month. Because uh, obviously we're not interested in talking about too much. But in baseball, we got the Dodgers and the Angels about who go to the hopefully World Series together. There's a big chance of that. And Galaxy, you know. Making the playoffs, so things are on the up in LA. Sports on the rise here. Oh wow. yeah, and okay. soccer's playing a big part in that.
0: Of course, football's the one we really care about. Yeah, football's the one we care about. <laughs> um, Baseball's a
2: real.
1: We've sport. had
0: um, contact from a former Premier League referee. Um, um, last week we, we spoke about refereeing.
1: We d- well yeah we did, but then um, okay me and Nick <laughs> we, had, we had a Saturday oh. we didn't have much to do. I'm, go- I'm and, gonna uh, read out the Nick's email. You can even so. read out the email and describe what happened.
0: Okay, who is he from?
1: Carry on. So basically what happened on the weekend was me and Nick were kindly asked by one of our colleagues to referee a exhibition game between a college girls team and a local club team. And we refereed it, but when we got there we were told that there wouldn't be three officials, there'd be just me, uh, me and Nick. And we looked at each other and thought, how is this going to work? So basically the rules were no linesmen, just me and Nick in the middle of the field. So me and Nick obviously uh, lined ourselves up with him on the... Uh, Left back of one team along that line and me along the left back of the other line. But obviously we didn't want to cross into each other's halves because we wanted to keep an eye on the offside um, line. And I had a nightmare of that. And I had supporters calling me all sorts after the <laughs> cross decision. So we thought, why not uh, find out a view of a true professional? And Nick got hold of a Mr...
2: Mr Jeff Winter. So um, we, gave, um, we gave Mr Jeff Winter an email. and <laughs> um, We wanted to obviously um, ask a few questions about our refereeing performance and just let him know that we're out there and <laughs> that we're focusing more on refereeing and coaching right now. And
0: you asked him what you thought of the two officials.
2: Yeah, well, basically, I'm going to read the email that I sent to Jeff because I thought it was quite funny. Okay. And then um, the reply that we got back this morning, was okay. you know, with time difference, you shouldn't have been on your computer at 11pm. 11, 11 he just cares about refereeing that much. <laughs> he, lo- he loves it. Round
0: the clock refereeing.
2: So, um, dear Jeff, brackets Mr. Winter, <laughs> me and my fellow ponder. Dave the Rave, got the opportunity this weekend to referee a girls' college versus club game in California, USA. We were the only officials in the game as they wanted us to referee one half of the field each and they also wanted us to watch out for offside due to nine linesmen. What is your opinion on this? Also, we didn't make any friends during the game. (laughs) I gave the home side a penalty and disallowed a goal for them also. My fellow official also could have sent off a player from the home team, yet due to the friendly element of the game, he kept his cards at home. Can I just um, say that um, Dave didn't actually keep his cards at home, I was being polite, he didn't actually have any cards. And, <laughs> <laughs> and nor did I, the only thing I could actually hand out was a green card, but I didn't want to um, break the balance and <laughs> be robbed of my money. Then um, we definitely realised how hard a job it is to be a referee. One group of fans shouted at us, Could you not see that ref? Unfortunately, Dave has specs and myself have contact lenses, which is a recipe for disaster. Also, at the end of the game, that same group of fans approached us and we thought that they, they were going to give us a big push like Paolo Di Canio. Instead, they just ignored us and we realised it's a lonely job being a man in black, yellow for us due to the kick clash. Could you explain or understand why the Americans think that two referees are better than one? Thanks for your time and your reply in advance. Nick, Chief Jingle, Madden. <laughs> so, the reply that Jeff gave to us um, this, this afternoon. So, reply. You have learned a valuable lesson. Referees are not here to be liked. The two-referee thing probably stems from more popular sports in the States that, that utilise more than one ref. It has its advantages, but also its disadvantages. A lesson I learned also is that you are generally no better thought of by being lenient. By not sending off a player that, you should have, that should have walked, you only possibly build up further problems for yourself later on in the game. If you don't deal with something pro- properly, then how do you deal with other incidents? The situations can then escalate and you can use control altogether. You are not there to be popular, you're there to just do a job. Good luck if you ever feel inclined to a fish it again. <laughs> <laughs> Best wishes, Jeff. Now I want to say, uh, congratulations to Jeff, winner. Thank you for. Um, giving,
1: for, it for Jeff. Yeah, oh, definitely. Thanks, Jeff.
2: Thank you for giving us a timely reply. Friend
0: of the pod. now.
2: Yeah, we're a ponder. So I'm going to give you an um, email later and an just honorary say thank you.
0: Ponder now, Jeff. Yeah. Splash. <laughs> 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 yeah, Splash. yeah, definitely. We're giving him so, a round of applause. Uh,
2: thank you for replying to us, Jeff. Um, and
0: valid points as well about not necessarily being there to make friends. Yeah, it's true. To in there to, uh, to do a job.
2: Well, funny enough, we were friends with the coach <laughs> of the other team, and that's how we got the gig. But we got a lot of money for it, so it's not, not a bad. Well, bad deal no. for making a couple of controversial <laughs> decisions.
0: Oh, well, it happens. Um, Dave, your rant this week,
1: have you uh, chosen a Yeah, ticket? I've got one. I-, I always have a rant, I'm actually going to go back to a summer ago, uh, to a year and a half
0: ago. Okay. So, oh. your 60 seconds, my friend, start. Wait, 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 where's the timer? Oh,
2: that's my watch. I ding, ding 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 ding, ding, ding,
0: ding, ding <laughs> Can you start <stop> jingle? <laughs> Have we got a jingle for Dave's rant? Oh, yeah, the jingle. Oh, the
2: jingle. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, what you say? Ooh, what is David gonna say? <laughs> He's got 60 seconds to rant. So what is he gonna say? What you say?
1: Okay, guys. My rant this week is very simple. I'm getting fed up. And I still am. I've still really peed off about it with the treatment the Football League give to uh, clubs with smaller uh, budgets like ourselves at Palace and treat us like crap. The reason being, John Bostock, this still fumes me even to the day. We developed John Bostock from the age of 7 all the way to 15. Uh, he was a Born and bred Palace fan and Tottenham managed amazing. to get their grubby little mitts on him and his dad and persuade him to join Tottenham. Palace received 500000 for developing the kid when he was rated as a £5 mi- uh, million pound midfielder at this point and we lost out on a lot of money for him. And Palace arguably are paying for this now because we seconds. have a chairman who wants away and we've got no money and we're probably going to go bankrupt the next year unless we get a new owner. So yeah, Football League, you need to sort out your uh, treatment of smaller clubs uh, in terms of protecting the younger players. That's simple.
0: nearly spot on 60 seconds. Wow, can we give him a round of applause? one, so on that was good, well that, that, was was good off the
1: cu- that was off the cuff by the way because I was struggling to finger sign so I thought I might as well mes- mention the boss stop thing because he still hasn't play- played for them so it's going to be the point when he does play for them when I'm probably going to erupt and I don't really fancy uh, doing that on here I'll probably actually go and go over to England fly over, and go onto the door of the Football League and demand for some money like every Palace that the Football
2: League's probably going to lose up more money now because the sponsorship's been pulled from Coca-Cola which is a very big deal yeah they're going to lose on a lot of money, a lot of publicity. Coca-Cola have done a fantastic job with the rebranding of the league and turned it into. Obviously, they were the spearhead of the championship as well. So it's in League One, League Two. So I don't know who's going to take over. Any, any guesses?
1: It, you you know, I would say that obviously for the Premiership lot, fans, supporters, players, they don't realise exactly how bleak it is down in the lower leagues right now. Like, I'm not going about Palace, but we are in big trouble. Like, we've got an owner who wants to leave. It's very, it's very hard to sell a club that. Has no assets. Like I know we've got our own personal problems, but there's not a lot of money down there. And I know the Premiership clubs done a really nice thing. I think a week, a few weeks ago, where they gave some money to the Conference, but they could also think about helping out the teams in the Championship, League One, and League Two, because it's a real grind down there. It's not as glamorous as you think. And you know, I think the teams, I think all the clubs do fantastic to keep themselves going. And uh, it's a bit like we're on our own down there because the Premiership don't seem to give a flying monkeys about us, which is a shame. Because at the end of the day that's where a lot of the players the young players get produced and then they go up to the likes of Premiership. but they like Bostock and uh, it's a shame because we're going to have a lot of companies going out of business folding having to start all over again and then the premiership players aren't going to benefit from being able to get the younger players because they're not going to be around that's well, what um,
2: we'll be it. I think um congratulations I think it's got to go to um Burnley and Blackburn for um, hosting friendly matches against Accrington and Stanley because they're in so much financial difficulty that they want to help build them um, the revenue and they're going to give all the money to Accrington so that's Accrington and Stanley
1: who are they? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Love
2: that. <advice>. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's good. Fair play to them, then. So at least like, some Premier League clubs actually do give a shit.
1: Nice Tottenham and the Chelsea don't. Okay. I guarantee it. I can say some stuff on there about Chelsea that will be getting disclaimers. Well,
2: yeah, I'm please, sure they don't. They, don't. Obviously, they don't care because they want to um, rob Adrian Mutu of all his cocaine. So.
0: Well, <laughs> of his money, not of his cash. <laughs> <laughs> just to clarify.
1: And <laughs> grand, if we're talking about it's My rant goes on the basis. Obviously, Chelsea just got a transfer we for doing the exact same thing to a European player. They go and try and um, poach him. Gail Cucuta. Yes, it's actually really quality. good as
2: well. Okay. His quality.
1: Um, uh,
0: this week, your uh, player from the past or what is he doing now? Feature. Yeah. Is um, a player that we'll all be fond of. Maybe, not, maybe not fond of, but certainly we will remember. Isn't that right?
2: Yeah, well, I think um, it was um, it was key that we were going to talk about referees, referees, and referees' decisions because they always come up every week. And the fact that me and Dave got the opportunity to referee a game, thought we were um, talk about a player that's pushed a referee, and that is um, the one and only Paolo Di Canio. Um, Paolo Di Canio was born in 1968, and then he was born in Rome. He um, started off his youth career at Lazio, and then done. Fantastic. They spent five years there. One of those years he spent out on loan just to get a bit of experience. But um, during his time there, they got um, promoted to um, Serie A. So he started there in 1985 in professional terms until 1990. And during his time at the club, um, obviously helping them get promoted, and um, then he got a big move to Juventus. And in Juventus, he spent three seasons there. They were very successful um, during that time where they won the title, the Coppa Italia, and also the UEFA Cup, which is, which is a big deal. And um, Paolo was um, instrumental in that. Even though he didn't score many goals, he was um, still a great creative player for the team. And he joined Napoli um, for one season in 1994. After he skimmed with Napoli just for one season, he then went on to join um, the Giants at AC Milan, where he spent two successful years being part of the team that won Serie A. So he's won two titles by this point. The European Super Cup, and becoming the runner-up in the Champions League in the Intercontinental Cup. So um, it was brilliant to see that Paolo Di Cani has played for some really big teams in Italy, and um, even though strike rate wasn't the best, he like, was obviously a creative force and a big part of um, the success, and he, he got a lot of success while he was in Italy. But um, his big move, I think it was a big move, even though everybody else probably doesn't, but he moved to Celtic in 1996-1987, and he helped us win... Um, Helped us win the Scottish Premier League. He scored bundles of goals, nearly one in every two games. So that's a very good strike rate. And um, he became like one of the players. Of the, I think he was the Player of the Season in Scotland that that year. And then from there, um, the Premier League came calling. So that's where he's been a, become a cult hero. And he joined Sheffield Wednesday. They paid over four million for his services. At that time, they actually had um, Benito Carboni, famously mm-hmm. partnering, partnering him in the tag. Yeah. Yeah. So that was um, quite interesting, the two Italians. And they managed to um, demolish the Premier League. because Sheffield Wednesday actually looked really threatening at the time. And um, he became a fan's favourite. He was the leading scorer in his first season. And um, things were going fantastically for him. And then in the second season, a bit of controversy where um, Paolo Di Canio famously pushed over Paul Alcock. And um, the yeah. Arsenal game when he, um he was um tussling with Martin Keown, does it? Do you remember? Yeah, that? I remember
0: that.
1: Yeah, I will never forget that. Moment. Had he been sent
0: off before pushing the ref? I think he'd just been sent off. I think he
1: had. Yeah, yeah, he, got know, he, he, he's, moment, yeah
2: he got sent off um, for the tussle with Martin Keown. And then just as um, he was talking to the referee, the referee wasn't obviously listening to him, so he managed to give him a push.
0: And all courts for, took like about four hours to fall over, didn't he? Just oh. going backwards and backwards. like a cartoon. It was,
2: it was classic. Like a, it was like a
0: Benny Hill episode.
2: It was absolutely classic. Now, I know the FA threw the book at him. Obviously, you shouldn't push officials, but it was really, really funny. It was, it was great. Didn't it <laughs> a
1: six-game ban? Was
0: that it? I mean, quite rightly. If we're going to be building up respect for referees, you obviously can't have players getting away with that. So,
2: Just John Terry just... Spits in the face.
0: Yeah, well, right? I mean, John Terry seems to have a law unto himself, unfortunately.
2: <laughs> but no, um, it was uh, it was funny to see it. I love them. Um, I love the the clip because um, he's obviously tussing with Martin Keown, and then just as um, he's got the red card, he's walking off the field after he's pushed Allcock, and then you see Nigel Winterburn go up to him, and he's like, "Come on, then, come on," and then and then <laughs> Decanio just raises his hand just a tiny little bit and you see Winterburn scared shitless and she moves back like whoa,
0: whoa, watch out. The, um, uh, the next game for West Ham, Ian Wright and John Hartson had a goal celebration where Ian Wright scored, ran up to Hartson, um, Hartson showed an imaginary card, uh, no, the other round, Wright showed an imaginary card, Hartson pushed him then Wright did like a little funny fall over <laughs> trying to be, be all It It's hilarious.
2: Oh, that's brilliant. Well, um, you know, he obviously became a cult hero at this point. Like the first major incident like for the Premier League pushing referees mm-hmm. I'm sure and then famously um, he got a massive ban and then um, sort of went into a bit of hide and sort of just left Sheffield yeah. Wednesday and just said I'm not playing for the club again and then um, he felt that like he was rawly treated so I'm sure they didn't back him up or anything and then um, Harry Redknapp of all people um, took love, a chance bargain yeah he took a chance on power he got a very good bargain got him for less than £2 million wow We signed him in 1999, and then he became a fan's favorite like instantly.
0: Scored that quality goal against Wimbledon. Wimbledon. Yeah,
2: that's what I was just about to say as (laughs) well. That was actually um, one of the um, best goals ever scored in the English. It was voted.
1: I think it was voted. I think at one point it was like. You know, Joe set that goal
0: up. You know who? um, Good old Trev.
2: Sinclair? Yeah, it was for Sinclair. Sinclair. Yeah. But I can't believe it was oh, against no. Wimbledon as well, the old time Wimbledon when they oh, yeah. back in the yeah. But that yeah. was a fa- Not that, was, that was fantastic. Yeah. That that oh, volley was easily the best goal. Yeah. So I'm glad you all remember that. But um, yeah, he managed to um, help the Hammers and um, reached the highest ever position in the EPL, which was fifth, and they qualified for Europe.
1: Could which... we say the EPL is the English Premier League yeah. Back in England? That's what we used to call it in America, so it is the same thing, just different way of saying it.
2: And um, he just, uh, scored, yeah one of the best goals, um, and in that season he also won um, Hammers Player of um,
0: the Season Award, which is really I think cool. he won it alone for that goal, to be honest, I mean, quite rightly.
2: Yeah, well, the it loved, was, he was hammered a year.
1: The thing I loved about that goal hammered was it, yeah. he actually should have hit it with his left foot, but he managed to use his right foot to still put it in, because it, it was an outrageous goal Just volley. because he can. Know, just, just because he can. he's he's, you, he's, he's capable of that sort of yes, Exactly.
2: We jumped, jumped through the air, which is... Fantastic.
1: And
0: where did he go after that? Didn't he go to Charlton for a bit?
2: Um, well, like what I was going to talk about about the reason why I think um the reason why Parletticano is so instrumental to the Premier League is um he actually changed the whole training regime at West Ham. And, like not not many people noticed, but um, Ticanio sort of brought more of the nutrition side to West Ham at the time. That like there are people like Razer Rugged Ruddock There it was it was a big drinking culture in English football at that time, and it. People were worried about bringing over foreigners. Like There was still a massive influx. It was before 2000. Like they were coming, coming, coming. More foreign players. And people were worried that they were going to destroy the English game. And But he really changed the whole training regime. If Neil like,
1: Ruddock was in charge of it, the pre match would have Lager and Ships, wouldn't it? Something like that. <laughs> it? would
2: have been, yeah. But it was fantastic to see. And um, he helped a lot helped bring through a lot of the youth players that he helped, he worked a lot with Joe Cole. Yeah,
0: yep. Frank Lampard.
2: Yeah, Frank Lampard, obviously Ferdinand was coming Three through Ferdinand. at the time. It was a really, really big deal and um, also there was um, a quote from Mark Noble that said um, that if it wasn't for Pardo Di Canio um, he would be in jail and it's he's actually saved his career. Wow. Yeah, because um, he gave him a ball and he helped him work and train he really changed the whole aspect of training. He o- always worked on his own like in training and he and I saw a video, video of um, Harry not talking about him, actually showing him in training. It was some fantastic to see. That's just um, a good, good thing for English soccer because yep. training's a big deal, uh-huh. and he really changed the aspect of it. But why one? Yeah, but then after um, he leaving West Ham, you're right. He did go to um, he did go to Charlton. That was um, he got a free transfer as um, you know he fell out with Glenn Road and they got relegated in 1992. And, no, it was in um the 2000, 2003 season, two thousand two two thousand three season. Yeah, that they got relegated. One other thing that I want to famously talk about about Paladini is um do you remember when um he won the Fair Play yes, Award? Yes, I yeah. was doing to myself.
1: You didn't. There yes. was a goalkeeper got
0: injured. Everton's goalkeeper, yeah. uh, I think it was Paul Joe, was yeah.
1: down injured, and then
0: Paladini could have scored, couldn't he? But yeah. he, but he, he caught the well, I haven't said that. This is like he he didn't actually win it. He he was joint winner with a player from Africa. Who, oh, Lucas Raleigh, I think. No, right. no, some player from Africa, I played in Africa, who gave mouth to mouth resuscitation to a player on the field and saved his life. Oh, really? And I just think, you know, that guy must be a bit annoyed because he's done that <laughs> and he wins the Fair Play Award <laughs> with some guy who just scored
1: football. I think what Ducaneo had done in that, like, I, that, that's the thing I was, was going to say if you didn't mention this, I remember players normally for, like, stuff they do on the field, like Beckham scored, I always remember Beckham for that goal against Greece, when it comes to, um, like, Ronaldo, what, you know, one of his special free kicks, but DiCaneo, when I think about him, that moment this will live me forever, just because it was so unexpected, like, I've ne- like you would not get that now, as much as I, say, like, I could not see Divya Dropper catching a ball if the ball came to him then, unfortunately, and I'm saying, I just think that's the attitude right can't now, can't see Paul
0: Robertson catching the ball, <laughs> <me>. <laughs> but
1: like, it, was, it was such a great moment, and like, I love the fact that Everton, all the supporters of Goodison Park won their feet, giving him a round of applause, it was one of the most special moments that I've ever seen in the Premiership, and, bit, you know, my respect for Paolo Di Canio will never, after that because that was really great sportsmanship mm.
2: and, well,
0: you
1: brood, Chaney, brood, yeah, brood yeah brood
2: well it was Ryan described fascist um, fans at Lazio, but you know, don't worry about it <laughs> we'll come on to that later James um, it was described as a special act of good sport, sportsmanship by the f- FIFA and it was a turning point in his career because yeah. obviously um, with the referee Wrangles before <laughs> yeah. but yeah um, finished his career at West Ham after many years with them and um, went to Charlton he actually helped them finish them in their highest position in EPL history as well so which I think, was I think it was 7th um, yeah might be yeah yeah and they've done fantastic what a horrible
0: time for football that was thank what? god that's over yeah I would love Charlton being well. in a friendship yeah. yeah ugh
1: yeah
2: yeah you don't get on very well they're
1: doing great now aren't they chin sure. yeah. you know, up boys league one
2: <laughs> <laughs> but then um, he left Charlton to go back home to Italy he actually took a pay cut to go back to his boyhood club um, Lazio and um, he scored in the Rome derby and um which is always good for the fans, but some fans love Paolo a bit too much because um, of his sort of fascist salutes to the crowd. He's actually um, he's actually a big believer in um, Mussolini, mm-hmm. and he actually had um, a tattoo on his arm that says Duh, or "Du Du Deuce" I think it is, which is Mussolini's nickname. So you know he's um, a bit controversial. Their culture, yeah. they're weird. Yeah, I remember watching. Not...
1: I actually remember watching a documentary when. Danny Dyer, I've got. I think he's uh, he's probably the biggest prick on the planet. He done a uh, TV show on Bravo about hooliganism. Hooliganism, uh-huh. yeah. And he went over to a Rome derby, and that was rough. Like I, I've been to a few, uh, you know, hostile places watching Palace, like Millwall. Millwall. Wolves is not about but you go to a game in Rome, like them, them today, it's horrid there. You know, it's, it must be a great experience, but quite scary at the same time because they really do literally hate the guts out of each other.
0: Yeah, I guess it doesn't really help that you've got players on the on the field inciting those. Fascist, uh, fascist fans in the stands but um, yeah there's know.
2: a lot of them um, hooliganism in Italy as you said like with the ultras as well it's, it's big it's a big deal the Rome derby like you either one way or the other well there, there's strong it's right wing are
0: right, currencies aren't uh, currents yeah. sorry in, uh, in Italy um, it doesn't help when you've got players on the pitch that are inciting it as well mm-hmm. I mean I certainly uh, I know that there are a lot of still problems in England with, with you know, with, with, with some fans, but you don't ever see the players on the pitch um, encouraging it. No. N- that's sort
2: of what led to him actually leaving um, Lazio in the end, because um, they, he fell out with, obviously, a lot of the, um, lot of the main um, owners of the club about and the technical directors, because it was really, it wasn't helping Italian football at all. So it was full of controversy, his end of his time and the end of his career. Um after the, after that, he um, finished his career actually at Cisco Roma, where he spent two years and helped them get promoted to Serie a One, Serie C One.
1: What made him go there? Was that like a team he played for, when he he's like, I
2: yeah. think he just went there just to get a bit more like soccer in. Oh,
1: cool. Did just, he come back to West Ham? Did he, c- did he come back to West Ham after a spell? He had two spells there, didn't he? That's why he
0: had two.
2: Spells and what's West he doing now? Is it did he stay there? Um, well, he finished his playing career in March two thousand and eight, where he. Officially well, announced his retirement re- from the it. game after helping Cisco Roma get promoted, and um, he's he's been completing his um, coaching badge and he's hopefully wants to go into management. And I saw a quote from him um, when the Celtic job came up. Yes, and he was actually at Celtic Park. He was he interviewed for the job and um, says, um, obviously Di Canio is returning to Parkhead on Sunday and now tipped to be a wild card choice for the vacant manager's role by himself. So he was. He-
0: so he's t- he's been tipped by himself. Yeah, he's been tipped. He
2: by tipped himself. himself. He tipped himself to be that's, okay. That's um, to Canio. <laughs> t- Can you do that? He said, "Um, how uh, um, you know, I know Celtic are looking for a manager. Maybe it won't be me for now, but you never know. It could happen. I have my coaching badges and I'm a qualified manager. Um, like, and I can go anywhere I wish. I've been offered loads of positions in Italy." like at the lower levels but not Serie A but it'd be, he wants his first coaching job to be at a high level and Celtic would be fantastic for that and um, he said <laughs> he said that like he loved his time at Celtic and it will always stay with him and that he he is a very emotional and passionate player but he knows that he needs to be a calmer manager and he says who knows sometimes dream come true obviously he didn't get the job hmm. and Tony Mowbray got it but um, he um, also applied for the West Ham job when Alan Kirby left, and he could have got it before Zola. So mm, interesting. And um, he also um, recently was linked to the Cholton job, because Phil Parkinson was supposedly going to be off his way because he wasn't doing too Do well. Do you think in the his
0: reputation, though, as a fiery player, will hinder his chance of getting a manager's job?
2: Um, no, I think um when we obviously spoke in the last pod and we said about Iel Burkovich and we said I I don't think he'll become a manager. But I think Di Canio could become a manager. Okay. I think that he'll um he'll bring a certain flair especially the work he done on the training field for West Ham, I think that will be well renowned.
0: And do you think we see a lot of managers coming out criticising referees? Do you think we'll see Canio coming out pushing referees when it goes away? It would
2: be hilarious if it happened.
1: The thing is, I don't think Paulus is going to get the on job. jobs. I know that Jeremy Beadle's lined up to replace Parkinson when Parkinson leaves. So. <laughs> 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 all right. That was bad. And, and on that note,
0: Di Kenya, welcome to the uh, to the pod. Yeah, uh, well,
2: should we give, the, give him a the pod hall of you know, fame? Know. Yeah, the, the pod hall of fame just for he was a great player. Yeah, he just cult he, Her- heroes that were he, in the position. He was. Shot.
1: He was an absolutely outstanding player and one of the best players to grace the. EPL, or the English Premier League. Yeah,
2: definitely one of the best. And you um, spent many successful years here. So let's hope we can have one more next week. And if anybody can email us in the link between our two players from this week and last week, then um, it'll be good. And maybe give some suggestions for later weeks. My email, email
1: is footypod at gmail.com. And at the end of the show, we're going to quickly go through who won the prize from last week's show. We've had some emails. We? we have. And I'm going to let you know. Oh so, not just Jeff.
0: That's incredible. Jeff did win the green card. Crazy.
1: Um, Jeff wants a yellow a red one. <laughs> um, so, moving time. on
0: to our next part of the show, um, just to confirm that we don't really know much about football here. Uh, it's the accumulator. Oh, oh. Put, put a quid on it. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, <laughs> last week, Nick, do you want to take us through the accumulator and and, and let us know how we got on? And okay, it, and then so, let us know um, what's going on. James, week. you only got one,
2: one game right at the weekend. That was your um, draw prediction for Bolton versus Tottenham. Um, I only got one right as well at the weekend and I um, predicted that um, Arsenal would beat Blackburn it would be a home win. Unfortunately, the Rangers v Celtic one I got completely wrong. <laughs> and Celtic's defence were appalling. Supposedly, we should have had three penalties. But the winner um, was three. The winner was Dave with two points and he managed to get two of them right with Burnley winning at home and also Crystal Palace winning. Shout the
1: Eagles! <laughs> I didn't feel we were 4-1 though if I hadn't gone to score the aggregate <laughs> score so we'd have gone for 2-1
0: um, <laughs> can't what be what a range about this beat us, beat us, then. by the way this week so it's all international it. International.
2: yeah we're going to do an international um, accumulator this week as um, obviously we're running out of EPL games well, there is none and we can't be bothered to do League 1 and League 2 don't, just don't think it will count so But who have we'll, I got <laughs> so you have um, Ukraine versus England James I'm going to go for an England win there so that's AW away win AW can we have Denmark? Denmark versus Sweden? Ooh, local derby. Um, I'll go for Denmark. Oh, Denmark. Home win. Home win. Okay. What about the France versus the Faroe Islands? Faroes. Um, uh, as much as I'd like the Faroe Islands to win this one, I think I'm going to go for a France win. Okay. And then Honduras versus USA.
0: I'm going to support um, the USA in this one. I think I will. I hope they win.
2: I don't know. I hope so. <laughs> and Dave. Yeah. So see if you can add to your tally of what two points so far what this What have season. I got? What have I got? You have Russia versus Germany.
1: I'm going to go for the Germans.
2: Okay. What about Portugal versus Hungary?
1: Oh, I'm going to go have Portugal win, but I would love to see an upset here, but I think Portugal will probably win it at home.
2: Okay. What about Bolivia versus Brazil?
1: Well, Brazil qualified, but Brazil, again,
2: they'll. Okay. What about the altitude? No. No, no problem. <laughs> Mexico versus El Salvador. I'm oh, asking.
1: God, this is going to be a trick. I've heard this El Salvadorian national team is pretty tasty these days, but I'm just going to have to go with Mexico. <laughs>
2: you know, yeah. There we are. Go Hispanic friends and yours, Mr. Madden? Um, Mine. I have Republic of Ireland versus Italy. Oh, this is a big one. This, this is, is tasty. Huge. Yeah, this is a big one for Trapattoni and Republic of Ireland could actually, um, could actually qualify if they beat Italy, I'm sure. So... I'm going to go actually for a draw in this match. Maybe, um, Sitting on the fence. No, I, I think uh, that Italy aren't as great a team. They really played bad in the Confederations Cup when I saw them. I wasn't impressed with them at all. And Republic of Ireland really do look good in, with um, Trapattoni as manager, but their midfield still looks weak. The fact that Keith Andrews is getting in there, and I think Darren Gibson, who's Man United's like, eighth choice midfielder, and he's playing. So. Well,
0: hopefully Keith Andrews will get the winner.
2: I hope so. Prove me wrong. And then Almira versus Spain. I'm going to go for a away win. And um, Argentina versus Peru. I want to say a home win but I'm actually going to say a draw on this one. Oh,
0: interesting. Which would put
1: Argentina out, would it not? Well, yeah, put them on the very uh, wow. I, I, f- I don't the think they'll
2: win. Do you know what? Actually, I'm going to change my prediction. I'm going to put um, Peru to win. Oh, oh interesting. Yeah. Because okay. I, I don't want to see the Argies in. So, Sorry, Lionel. And okay. then um, Japan versus Scotland. I know it's a friendly, but I'd love to see an away <laughs> win. <laughs> I know. Uh, I'd love to see it away win. So a Scotland I'll, going all the, the way Scots. to
1: Japan just for friendly?
2: Exactly, yeah. What is
1: the point?
0: Oh, well, Fair enough. I, I'm sure McFadden will be there at some stage. <laughs> He's just, just come back from injury, so hopefully um, hopefully we'll do well. Cool. Well, we'll see how we get on with those next week. Um, Final part of the show is emails.
1: Yeah, we'll go for, well, We only had a few, uh, but our green card... <laughs>
2: From Can I just mention, sorry, um, we had the funniest thing, me and um, Dave were in Starbucks yesterday. And um, one girl was, um, I swear she was in an interview. She was interviewing, wasn't she? Yeah, she was interviewing. And me and Dave were giggling behind this girl. She was, you know, Dave said that she was tasty. Right. She was pretty nice. <laughs>
1: and, uh, I mean, that ain't the point of what we're talking about here.
2: You know? <laughs> and um, She said that she was um, an internet junkie. And the reason why we start laughing is because um, Dave goes, what, a description for me? Like that's me <laughs> and it, we were wetting ourselves laughing, so. if you're
1: in an interview don't put yourself down as an internet junkie unless you're going for a job that involves being on the internet because <laughs> yeah. that basically admits that during your job you used to be on Facebook all the time and I got told off for that in my old job yeah me too yeah. I was on the BBS and Facebook all the time and ended up banning both of them but thankfully I found a way I got around it, <laughs> it an anonymous proxy service done me the world of good so i still <laughs> anyway. Facebook anyway we did have an email <laughs> we, did have, we did have an email we did have an email um, sorry, Ray, my old boss, uh, she knew anyway. She knew I was always on the BBS and Facebook and <laughs> Twittering and MySpace and then doing other stuff. Anyway, um, we weird. did we did have an email. We had actually a few, but the uh, the one who got the green card goes by the name of James Elvorko. <laughs> we also know him as James DeSilva-Walk. He is one of our colleagues out here in Southern California. He's one of our coaches. Um, and yeah, he just said he enjoyed the first podcast. He listened to it while babysitting. Um, and he thought it went well. He praise Nick's singing voice with really his catchy jingles and he's looking forward to the next one well James this is the next one and he wanted to talk a bit about the championship well, we covered uh, Boykin and we talked about Palace but so maybe we'll go more maybe into next the week. Cham- week yeah. yeah we'll talk a bit more about the championship and the promotion push maybe next week because we've got another set of games next week um, uh, no, and he said oh, nice one fellas and from James so James you get the green card the James card the green card <laughs> the James card the James card officially renamed the James card will be delivered to you uh, at around nine o'clock tomorrow at the Home Depot centre, so I'll see you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, exactly. um, Alright.
0: Good stuff. Thanks for the email, Jimbo. But we want
1: more emails, guys. So I'm gonna we're gonna say a little thing. Uh, so the email is footypod at gmail.com. And we want you to send in any stories from any international games you've ever been to. Now I'm gonna come out with my a story from one of my World Cup games I went to in two thousand six. If any of you went to a World Cup game in two thousand six or even if you're out here in the US for 94, if you went to one of the games here, send us a story, an interesting fact about one of the games you went to, and then we'll see if we can get some random facts. And you'll tell us right? your story next week? I will tell us my World Cup story, because I had a great experience. Mm-hmm. And those who go to South Africa, you're going to have the best time of your life, because it's going to be an amazing experience.
2: Or if not, email us for any, um, any picks that you really want to see in the England squad, maybe someone that you feel deserves it and isn't in there at the moment, maybe... Someone who could push in for, to be in the World Cup. Email so.
1: us about anything. Any emails that start a conversation. You want us to talk about your team, you know, let us know your team and we'll, we'll talk about them. If they're Cholt we may have to double think that. <laughs> <laughs> because there's ain't much to talk about going on down there. But no, we seriously we want to get your emails. We want you to um, make the show better by giving us your views and then we can talk about what you want to talk about. So yeah. Cool. Okay, cool. I
0: think that wraps up pod two. So, Nick,
1: thanks for joining us again.
0: Oh, thank you. It's been a pleasure. Dave?
1: This is so much fun. I really am happy we've done this. just wanted to say that.
0: And thank you very much for downloading. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Okay, from me,
2: Splish, from Dave, Splash, and from um, James, Splosh, um, thank you.